Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. so delighted to be with you this morning and to talk to you about um, more of this fresh fruit series. And this morning I have kind of subtitled it Peel and Eat. So Jean happened to think this morning I was talking about shrimp, but I just want to declare that we are indeed talking about fruit. So fruit of the spirit is what we've been talking about. It says agape love in action. The translation um, that, I, that I happen to be very fond of is the Passion Translation, and it reads these, these words in Galatians 5, where it describes the fruit. It reads like this. It says, it's divine love in its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness or sweetness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, strength of spirit, or self-control. And I like how in a couple verses later in, in that chapter, Galatians 5, in verse 25, and this one I like how the message reads. It says, since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. Again, this fruit is to be action and we're to work it out in our lives. See, all of these fruit pieces that we've been talking about and that we're talking about today, they reveal this irresistible attraction of the inner life of our design. They're not fading and fragile emotions that are produced by willpower. No, this fruit, it's the effortless, spontaneous expression of the character of the tree. So I'm, I'm sure that some of you can relate and some of you cannot. But when I see a fruit tree that's just a tree with leaves, I don't know what kind of tree it is until it produces fruit. Then I'd be like, oh, it's a pear tree. Or, oh, it's an apple tree. Right? So, so our lives, we, you and I, working out its implications, these implications of the fruit of the Spirit into every detail of, of life are going to reflect our source, our tree, as Jesus. So connected to him, this whole idea of a tree and branches and all that reminded me of scripture in uh, John 15, I think, where he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And then it says, as you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. So we're connected, bearing fruit, reflecting the character of Jesus. People will see our fruit and they will know and want to follow him. And just a side note, 
you and I, every one of us in this space, every one of us online, it is going to look different for each one of us, how we walk this out. So we're not gonna do that whole comparison game because we're really good at that, but it's really not super helpful. So rest in the awareness and the assurance of who you are, of who you truly, truly are. You are loved, you are love, and you are filled with the Holy Spirit. So let this fruit like that's in you, like let it spill out. Like y'all should taste fruity or smell fruity. Your breath should be fruity. So this morning I brought with me an orange and the, and the, the logo, the graphics that Chris did involved an orange. So I'm trying to stay consistent here this morning. But this orange, it's just simple simple questions anybody can answer. But what do I have to do to get to the fruit? All right, you're awake. Okay, we gotta peel it. We gotta peel it. We know the fruit's in there, right? But we have to do something to access it. We've gotta get rid of this outside flesh. We gotta get, get rid of the, the rind or the flesh, we've gotta get rid of that so we've got to do something to get to it. A Couple interesting notes about this particular fruit is I have already experienced at times where one of the slices is maybe not as sweet as another, yeah? Kinda like, I can, I can handle patience but don't ask me to use self-control. That piece is a little more sour. Sometimes this rind will come off really easy. And other times, usually it's when it's a really thin skin, I'm like, ah, not worth it today. We're just gonna leave that there. But what I want us to think about and where I want us to sit this morning about this whole idea of having to do action is what I call the pause. So when we, when we consider getting to this fruit, the action required is, while it's action, we're gonna think of it as pause. We've got to pause to peel before we can access the fruit. So we gotta get rid of that self, right? We've gotta get rid of this flesh, we gotta get rid of our self so that we can respond in love. And as we've been talking about, the fruit of the Spirit is love in its varied expressions, this agape love, like Jesus showed us. In Proverbs uh, chapter 3 and verses 21 to 26, it gives us really good advice about this pause. What we should be doing as we peel and before we eat. It says, my child, never drift off course from these two goals for your life to walk in wisdom, and to discover discernment. Don't ever forget how they empower you, for they strengthen you inside and out and inspire you to do what's right. You will be energized and refreshed by the healing they bring. They'll give you hope, you'll sleep like a baby, you'll not be subject to terror, because God is your confidence in times of crisis. So two goals, walk in wisdom, Discover discernment. Wisdom and discernment, as we're peeling our fruit, wisdom and discernment are what is helping us know 
which of these fruit of the Spirit, which of these segments that we actually need to use in whatever particular situation we find ourselves. Wisdom and discernment, it's the pause. It's the pause before acting, getting ourselves out of the way and just taking a minute. It reminded me when I, when I actually wrote those words, I remember the story in John 8 where Jesus is out teaching and the religious people bring this woman to him who they, they caught her in the act of adultery. And they're like, teacher, we caught her doing this. The law says we should stone her. What do you say? And what did Jesus do? He paused. He knelt and it says he was writing in the sand. Now there's ideas about what those words were in the sand. For me, that's not significant. For me is that he paused. And I think in that minute, he is, he's accessing wisdom and discernment. Like, how do I love this woman? Like, I know the law. I know it should happen. I know she should be stoned. But how do I see her and how do I love her well? How do I see her in spite of her sin? The pause. And then we can access the fruit. And today we're going to talk about the fruit segment of goodness. The Passion Translation describes it as a life full of virtue, which is behavior showing high moral standard. The Greek refers to it as an uprightness of heart and life. And the Google says it's moral excellence, kindness, generosity, honesty. But the general theme and the important motive in all of them is that this is for the good of others. Okay, goodness is for the good of others. If it's for our benefit, it is not truly goodness that we possess. Goodness is action. It's not something we do just for the sake of being virtuous. That's just being good. It's behavior we can control, usually based on rules. And even those that don't know Jesus can be good, right? We can control that behavior. But if goodness is the effortless, spontaneous expression of the character of the tree and reflecting Jesus. As that goodness spills out, we will actually, will be seen as good, right? But it's not being good that produces goodness. You tracking with me? All right, so what's the heart behind the action? If you're not sure if it's goodness, what's your motive? Is it for yourself or is it for others? In Romans 8, Paul writes, those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulse of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities, not because of any willpower of ours, but because of what God did when he sent Jesus, whose body was this sin offering that once and for all condemned the power and the guilt of sin. He says in Romans 7, I give all my thanks to God for his mighty power has finally provided a way out 
through our Lord Jesus Christ, a way to lay down self, to get rid of this self and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. So goodness, what does it look like? How do I know if I'm exhibiting goodness? I think a good resource is always to look at, at God and examples of his goodness to help guide us. He extends forgiveness. He's faithful. He is loving. He is love. He extends grace and mercy and keeps his promises. He's a patient father. He gave us his son and then also gave us the Holy Spirit to guide us. He's generous. He provides for all our needs. He is kind, patient, tender-hearted. And you know what? He is these things all the time. It doesn't matter what you and I do or don't do. God is good. It is who God is, not what he does. See, God doesn't change. Nor is his goodness measured by our circumstances. Our circumstances are dictated by human behaviors. They're dependent on us. They're dependent on others. And I'll say to you too, God isn't, is not good because we avoid danger. Have you ever heard the story of someone who says, you know, this morning I, I went to work. I went a different way this morning. I usually turn left and I turn right. And I don't know why, just felt like that's what I was supposed to do. And I got to work and I heard that there was an accident over here at 35 and four. Oh my goodness, isn't God so good? So is God good when bad things happen? Or only when we experience favor and blessing and protection? Because what about that person that died at 35 and four? Was God not good to him? God is good because when life's storms hit, he comes closer to us than any storm ever could. He holds us. He doesn't change, falter, quit, or leave. He never lets go. God is good because it's who he is. So back to us. If you and I believe that God is still good, even when the bad things happen, if we believe that we're made in his image and that he gave us the power of the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us, how can we respond with goodness when people are human, right? When people are human and they, you know, hurt us sometimes or they don't act like we think they should. As I was preparing for this, um, I took a moment. I have this problem when there's notifications on my phone, I have to get rid of them. And so there was a notification on Facebook. So I had to go there and just see what it was so I could clear it out and, you know, clear space in my head. And the first thing that popped up was a Far Side car cartoon. Anybody know Far Side? 
Love it. I know, I know how old you are if you raised your hand right now, by the way. Uh, yeah. Farsight is, is amazing. You have to have a, a little bit of a different mindset to get them sometimes. But this is the first one that popped up. Tyler had actually posted it. And I don't know if you all can see, but this is like the image of like God creating, like making the earth. And some of the seasonings, like up at the top, there's birds and insects. On the right, there's medium-skinned people, light-skinned people, dark-skinned people. Uh, there's plants, reptiles, trees. And then he's just sprinkling some jerks on the earth. Y'all tell me God doesn't have a sense of humor. The next, the very next slide was this, or not slide, the next post that someone had posted was this, never seek revenge, rotten fruit will fall by itself. And I thought, wow, like this is stuff I've just been studying. Okay, I'm gonna keep scrolling. And the next one was my friend Jamie who posted their specials at Common Spirits. So I decided it was time to get off of social media. <laughs> but anyhow, how do we respond with goodness when people are jerks? When someone is unkind or says something untrue about you? When someone takes advantage of you? Again, when finances are tight, maybe you got fired. The kids are rebellious, unruly, and you're exhausted. Someone posts something stupid on social media. <clears throat> and for those of you that were here last week, I wrote this before Gene's confession. So this was not about him. Um, I actually had a very similar situation where a friend of mine posted a very strong opinion that I uh, deeply disagreed with. And I wanted to set her straight. I wanted to tell her how wrong she was but that would not have been goodness. So I did the only thing I knew to do and I unfollowed her. Um, what happens when you get hit at the stop sign when somebody doesn't stop? Is God still good even when some of his kids aren't? Or maybe when we don't agree can you and I still respond with goodness even when sin makes us stupid? Can you see beyond the circumstances and yourself and access goodness? Again, we've defined it as generosity, kindness, moral excellence for the good of others. Not because they deserve it, for all of you that are justice-minded in this space, I'm with you, I see you, I feel you, but this is not because they deserve it. But you know what? Neither did you or I. But Christ died for us, and we need to also lay down our lives for the good of the other. And friends, this is so that other people, those that don't yet know Jesus in this way of love, they will see Jesus as our source. This is not for any glory of our own. This is, we want to reflect the tree that is our source. So goodness, it may look like forgiveness over 
and over. You know, they say uh, forgiveness is like an onion with lots and lots of layers. And personally, I think it's kind of stinky sometimes too. But it's like we, like we get this opportunity to forgive over and over again. Like 70 times seven is no joke. Goodness may look like patience when somebody doesn't change the way we think they should. It might look like giving to the beggar without judgment. It may look like grace when somebody lets you down or doesn't show up. Goodness may look like sitting with a friend who gave him one more chance and she got hurt again, just like you told her would probably happen. Goodness is keeping your word. It's speaking truth. It doesn't yell or berate the kids, your coworkers, your spouse, your friend. Goodness is being faithful, even when others aren't, when others are hard to live with. Goodness believes the best. So when life happens, when people are human, pause. Take a minute. Get rid of that outside. Get rid of that self. Lay down self. And as you're peeling that, listen to wisdom. Listen to discernment. And then access the appropriate segment, the appropriate part of the fruit. It may be goodness. It may be patience. Maybe it's joy or kindness. But peel and eat. Peel away yourself. And this, my friends, I remind you, is going to reflect Jesus to our world. When we pause and respond with fruit, they'll see our source as Jesus. And they'll see the goodness of God. I'm going to have the band come up and the prayer team come up. And I'm going to invite you all to stand with me. And I want to remind you again this morning of the, of the gift of this prayer team. And if you come up for prayer, it doesn't mean you're in dire straits. I'm going to give you some permission right now. I have already come up to the prayer team and I've said, I don't know what I need. Give me what you got. Sometimes it's just a blessing of encouragement that they'd love to pray over you. But in this moment, I, would, I, I want to ask you to pray with me. And it's um, almost 11 o'clock, so we've got time. So don't think about lunch yet. Don't think about going and picking up your kids. I'd like for you to insert yourself in this prayer. So pray it with me. You don't have to pray it out loud. But like pray with me this prayer in whatever posture you prefer. But let's close our eyes. And we're just going to talk to Jesus this morning a little bit. Lord, show me where I am trying to access fruit, but I've not peeled away myself and I've not paused and I'm simply trying to produce with my own efforts. Maybe I've just been trying to be good without connecting with you. Lord, show me where I need to peel away self so that you can be seen, so that your fruit 
can spill out. Show me where I may have a misconception about your goodness. Maybe I haven't believed that you're good. What do you want me to know right now about your goodness toward me? In light of the bad things in my life, how can I believe that you are good? And we just pause, Lord, and we just ask for revelation. God, I ask that you would reveal to each person exactly what it is that they need to hear from you in this moment. And God, as we sing about your goodness, some of us may actually need to sing it till we believe it this morning. But I thank you that you see us right where we are, that you don't expect us to come to you perfectly put together. And so we do that again this morning, Lord. We come to you with our questions. And ask, Lord, that you would reveal your goodness to us this morning. We thank you. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.